I had some weird different prompt come up. What up, what up, world travelers? This is Judge Mentalist, your co-host on this digital nomad ride here with the big sexy. We are coming at you. What's that? Back up away from the mic. Back up away from the mic. All right. We are here doing some audio editing here on the fly because that is how high tech we are at Big Sexy Digital Nomad. The today's audio guy, your friend, your favorite, Big Sexy. Take it away, my friend. What's up? What's up? What's up? Good morning, uh, good afternoon, and good evening. Whenever this is hitting your ear holes, welcome to Big Sexy Digital Nomad. Man, things are good here. I am still in Malaga, Spain. Um, loving it here. It's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, yeah, somehow it, thinking you're on Vegas time. Yeah, well, that, uh, <laughs> so a lot of it has to do with uh, uh, people that I chat with and talk with. I talk to a lot of people on the West Coast time period. So my brain immediately calculates for nine hours not the six hours where we're concerned because I'm not really chatting about time so much with folks on the East Coast. Although I do chat with folks on the East Coast. Shout out to all my East Coast peoples. Um, but most of my uh, chats are with West Coast folks. And Understand. so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. For those who don't know, and why would any of you know this, um, Big Sexy asked me if I'd be free around one o'clock my time to do the recording today and when I looked at my watch, I was like, it's 2.10, sir. Nope, I think we missed that one. Yeah, so. <laughs> it was very funny. He was like, I will begin at 1 o'clock your time. But like, no, that was an hour ago. I'm like, oh, okay, wait. Oh, yeah, yeah let me recalibrate. Um, <laughs> but I was, actually, uh, I was actually walking along a beach when I sent that. So, you know, my mind really wasn't on too much as well. And I'll try to de- de- debate on, you know, how much time it would take me to get back from where I was to the uh, Airbnb uh, to record, um, and I realized I was just gonna, I was going to. This is a little different, huh? Little bit, little bit. Um, uh, two bits to be in particular. Um, my favorites. Uh, and I'm my favorite. No, probably my favorite thing about these beaches out here, uh, other than the fact that it's a beach, is that uh, they are uh, clothing optional. Um, you know, most people have clothing, the majority of folks, but every blue moon, uh, surprise, titty. Which is, I never consider that a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, why not? When in Rome yeah. or Malaga or yeah, wherever else? I'm in Spain. Do Spain stuff. That's right. That's right. We got a dog barking behind me. I got a tractor mowing a lawn, it looks like, in front of me. I am home today. I'm hearing weird musical things. Um, oh, I don't think I have anything musical going on around me, but yeah, uh, I don't know if it's me or I don't know what it is, but if I, I don't know who can hear it or not here, so I'm not worried about it. Um, yeah, I am, uh, I am recording from what, if you happen to be an Abracababble listener, bleh, that's a lot of, that's a lot of, listener. 
if you are uh, a listener of that podcast, which is paywalled mainly from magicians because there's a little occasional stuff revealed from time to time, although not much. BTS of ma- magic- magicians and magic shows and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will tell you that if you are a lover of magic that doesn't want things ruined for you, that podcast may still be intriguing for you because there's not really a whole lot of magic method revealed. Uh, but anyway... Uh, RJ was out here, as many of you know, for a show in Elton, and we put him up here at the house, and he described this place as a palatial estate. And, you know, I don't feel like I need to defend myself. He was very accurate in the description of how much land that I have and how much wooded area, but I, the house itself is a normal-sized single-family house. It's not some big-ass mansion. It's right. just on big, beautiful Open land. land with with wooded area, yes. Which is um, which is a thing that was a trip to drive through when we did our road trip through the East Coast because, uh, um, you know, I can from, from the desert, desert, right? I yes, from the desert and a coastal town. It's like, oh, look at there's a lot of green open spaces. Out Almost there. any time, and Matt might be the exception because he grew up in New Jersey and he didn't move to Vegas until what, 10, 12 years ago, something like that. I don't know exactly the time frame. Um, I'm not him, so I don't worry about it. But Matt has seen the green. You know, RJ has been in Vegas for so long, and, you know, the other guy that I had out here last year from Vegas was Smoothini, who basically their jaws are on the ground. They're here at the right time of year. In fact, both were here in May. Um, You know, Matt was also out here in... November and February for shows, so it wasn't super green anytime he was here. So yeah, but again, he's used to it. He's familiar, but he's also it. yes, he's he on the East Coast, different. so he got to, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but I know that I know that RJ grew up on the West Coast. You know, in San, up in San Francisco in the Bay Area, and then yeah, spent a bunch of years in Vegas. And I also grew up in Cal- in California, and then Vegas were the only two places I grew up. I have family uh, at least in the Southeast. Um, uh, in that area, so I've kind of been out there a little bit, so I'm not as unfam. I'm not as you know, it's not too unfamiliar to me. It's just still, you know, when we're especially when we're doing the road trip and you're driving along the highway, and suddenly you, you're looking and it's like, I am mere feet away from dense forestry. That if I wanted to get lost, I could do so pretty easy. And now you are a couple of blocks away from potential bonus titty, and if you wanted to get lost, you could do so easily. Which I'm really happy about that. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know who is not happy about being, you know, feet away from bonus titty. I'm, I'm a big fan of that. So what do we have uh, for? Last time, one of the last times. I don't know what order these episodes are airing no, in, but you know, whatever. I know we talked about. Uh, did we finish up your Vegas expedition? I I think we put enough to that. And by the time this airs, I either am in Vegas when this drops, or am returning from Vegas as this drops, depending on which week we if we if we do. Let's put it this way: if this episode comes back to back from another interview episode. Then I am in Vegas to learn the hypnosis during the time that this drops. If you got a full episode of just Big Sexy and myself in between those two episodes, a an interview sandwich, if you will, then I have been home from Vegas for two days. And next week, 
you'll hear more about Vegas. Uh, yeah, most, most recent trip. That's a lot of time. I don't, know, I don't know what all that entails. Yeah, there's uh, I don't know. There's a lot of knobs and dials involved in there, and it's it's um, this is probably dropping because for the most part, I drop them in the order that we record them. This is unless we do a full on new episode back to back with this in recording time, this will be the one that drops as I'm getting to Vegas to learn hypnosis. Nice. And I'm staying downtown. So that should be interesting because I've been downtown many times. This will be my first time actually staying downtown. Oh, where where are you staying? Uh, As of right now, I'm staying at the California Hotel. And the classes in the show, which will be taking part of the show as part of the class, are at the Four Queens. So there's a possibility that I changed my accommodations over to the Four Queens. But for right now, they're putting me up at the California for free because um, basically the California is is part of Boyd's Gaming. They've got a bunch of properties out there for, for anybody who does not know. But since this will be relevant, and I will put this down because it may be relevant to some of our listeners, especially if there's overlap from the Scoop, Scoop community, um, the same company that owns, or at least they've teamed up for their rewards program, um, the California where I'm staying is also affiliated with or maybe owned by the same people as... The Orleans. Yeah, so they own the Boyd Gaming owns both the California and the Orleans. And if you've somehow found this podcast through me and Magic Hijinks, then it's also the same hotel where Magic Live is every year. So I basically ended up getting the room free because even though I've never stayed at the California, uh, because of gambling at the Orleans mainly. That'll do it. That is one thing I do love about uh, the the reward programs at casinos is that if you gamble at one that you can get, you know, discounts and freebies at any other casino in the family. So you kind of got to figure out, okay, who are the different families of casinos and then gamble a little bit in each one so that then you can kind of have a a plethora of options of where to stay and where to, you know. And, and it's, you know, a lot of them, some of them are, you know, like the stations casinos are mostly like local Vegas casinos, but some of them, even the smaller right. outfits, uh, and especially the larger outfits, have locations all over the place. Yeah, Boyd so, is also a, um, a well, the Boyd- got locations elsewhere. In, yeah, but the Boyd locations in Vegas are, fa- are, are your locals' casinos. Yes, Right, there aren't any really Boyd uh, options on the strip. Um, stations also have a couple locations outside of Vegas as well, just a couple, but because um, they teamed up with Yamaha, um, I think. No, I'm thinking of the Palm. Never mind. Scratch that. You know, if there's, write us or tweet us. Tell us if this is something you're interested in learning a little bit more about, even if it's just tweaking the system. It doesn't have to be for like a high roller. Um, you could gamble a moderate amount and still get great benefit. We yeah. could do an episode about it. And yeah, it's about Vegas travel because even before I lived in Vegas and was a Vegas local, I was a California native and would travel to Vegas all the time. So I built up quite a bit of a 
options and ideas and cool places to stay and neat places to hang out in Vegas that are um, easy on the pocketbook, but still have quick access to uh, the excitement. One thing I do miss is when um, uh, Boyd Gaming used to own uh, what was then, um, it was Buffalo Bills at one time. It's now uh, the Cromwell. Um, Bills Gaming Hall. Yeah, but it used to be Baldry yes. Coast. Yes. All the Coast casinos were owned by Boyd Gaming. And there used to be a, a shuttle that went from Barbary Coast to the Gold Coast or the Orleans. And so you could stay at the Orleans. This is my favorite thing to do. Stay at the Orleans, which is a great hotel, inexpensive, had all the things you wanted, a movie theater, bowling alley, you know, great food and all the other things. And then uh, catch a shuttle to Barbary Coast at the time. Which was right in the right middle on the strip. strip. In the middle, yeah. Right. And so and it was a free shuttle. If you stayed at one and you got to go back and forth to you. Then I just do all the strip stuff and hang out and drink and be silly and go to the different clubs and nights. And then when I was tired, you know, stumble my way back over to Barbary Coast, hop on the shuttle back to the Orleans and then uh hit my room and, and call it good. So um I think those kind of stuff are a few far between now, but um Still- yeah, even when Caesars used to have one to get you out to the Rio, and I think it even went downtown when they still owned Binions. Right. That one's been gone for quite a bit. Yeah. So, you know, but those kind of options still exist in certain aspects. So, you know, a little quick, a little bit of research, and you can find some pretty cool stuff like that um, in Vegas. I, am, I have been learning the... Um, uh, public transit system here in Malaga. Ah. Um, I've taken the train a couple times and uh, the bus uh, a couple times. And so uh, getting to figure out those patterns and interesting and, and make and going through places. Uh, actually, this past weekend was our anniversary. Oh, congratulations. Thank you very much. Six years strong. And uh, we, for the anniversary on Sunday, well, which was yesterday, I guess, uh, as of this recording, we went to go see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Ah, yes, uh, which is a very good movie. Um, uh, and you know, folks are talking like it may be one of the greatest trilogies, um, in in cinematic history. I would definitely say it's the greatest trilogy in Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, yeah, easily you can see it. Because I've seen the other two. I have not yeah. seen all of the other Marvel movies, but I have seen those two. You absolutely need to see Guardians of the Galaxy 3. It puts a nice little button on the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, saga. Uh, that trilogy, um, uh, with, it doesn't pay any kind of lip service to world building, which is beautiful because it's encapsulated, but you kind of know that the other world exists, but it really is, it focuses on these characters and it really is a character-based uh, movie. Um, James Gunn is phenomenal. Um, you know, again, not a perfect trilogy. There are some things I would change, some things I'd mix up here and there, but um, still very, very well done. Uh, so I, I applaud them for for uh, uh, closing out that trilogy and making it uh, ending it super strong. I'm really, really happy for that. So I'd recommend going. I, I would give a lot more detail, but I don't want to give spoilers. Um, uh, so we may revisit. Uh, I'm a, if those who know me, I know I'm a big nerd and I love the Marvel stuff mostly. And so I would love to chop it up. So if you guys want to hear some Marvel talk, I'll be happy to 
to nerd out and, and go into deeper detail about, you know, what I thought of Rocket's uh, character and um, all that stuff of the, the, and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where they're going, what they're doing with Kane, how that whole thing is going to turn out. Because, um, you know, now there's talking of recasting the actor playing Kane because he's in some personal trouble with the law. Um, with some, you know, uh, alleged domestic violence issues. And so it's uh, interesting to see where, where things are going, where things are happening. Now, are you a big succession succession fan? Do you watch Succession? I haven't seen it at all. None of it. Not not one no, episode. Not all. Yeah. Man, it's hockey playoff season, so I'm behind on anything that I would be watching. Well, this is three. It's four seasons deep. So, like, you know, I'm sticking to my excuse. It's hockey playoff season. Okay, <laughs> it's been hockey playoff season for the past four years for you. I get it. Yes, and that therefore I take it you're not watching Barry either. Uh, no. Oh, or Ted Lasso. No. <sighs> I know. It's all right. What do you, well, you guys should watch hockey. I, guess. Well, I watch hockey. I watch Star Trek reruns. Um, reruns. You know, it's been I, well, they're reruns. All, almost all in reruns. I mean, I watch the newer ones too. When it comes to streaming television, and really I used to do this back when things would come out by season in DVD, I, I figured there was no reason to watch anything live. Like fuck it, you know. I I could just wait till they're they're four seasons in, five seasons in. Get my hands on those DVDs, you know. Back in the day, now it's all just yeah. streaming, and then uh, just wa- binge watch it all. Like I remember, you were a binge watcher before binge watching. I was a was a demographic that. Let, um, let me tell you, one of the first things I binge watched was back in like two thousand and five when I lived in Chicago. And the show Nip Tuck about the plastic surgeons. That, yeah. Yeah. That was one that I don't know that it had ended yet, but usually, and I did this Breaking Bad also, where I won't start watching it until either A, it's over, or B, it's about to wrap up so that it's done by the time I get to the end of it. That way I can just smooth sail through the whole damn thing. Um, I don't know, a couple months ago... What did you think of Nip Tuck? What was your, what was your opinion? Oh, it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Um, I own, Here's the thing. I owned it. And never I never watched owned, it? I never watched it. I never got around to watching it. I saw like a couple episodes here and there, um, but I never got into it. Uh, yeah, most um, recently, the one that we binged watched, and I could tell you when we ended this because as we were getting near the end of it, we got a notification that it was going to be going off of whatever streaming service we were watching it on, and I can't honestly tell you which, uh, April 9th. So we watched it for as long as it took to watch and ended probably about a week before that uh, was New Girl with Zoe Deschanel. Yes, I'm familiar. I've only seen yeah. two episodes of that, three, three episodes of that show. Uh, the one that Prince was on, of course, because Prince. Yes. Um, and I think uh, I saw the I saw that episode, and then I said, "Well, let me see if I get into the show." So I saw the pilot episode and the second episode, and I went, "Oh, well." And then I lost interest. And then the- oh man, Just to watch isolated the pilot episode and then the the next episode has to be probably the weirdest thing I've ever seen because they just swapped out a character. 
no fucking explanation, which I guess right. is not super uncommon from pilot to an original run. Right, right, right. But, but, when, but, but usually what happens is they'll drop the pilot episode. Then it'll be a while before you see the actual series go through. So there's time to forget the main Yeah, actor, but when you're binge-watching some shit, it's been over for years. Like, there it is. It's you're really, like, hey, wait, you took this guy, and now you have that guy, and yeah. you clearly just swapped a character. And eventually, this is the thing about it, and I, and I say it's weird just watching those two episodes, is that Coach, the guy that's in the pilot, that just no explanation disappears, comes back and becomes a recurring character in the series. <laughs> <laughs> he's just not, and he's the same guy, slightly different attitude, right. but same guy as he was in the pilot. So they didn't just swap him out. I guess they repurposed him eventually. So, right. Um, so what do you got for, for the, for the world travelers, the listeners, oh. the, the, our friends, the nomads, whatever they're, so, uh, as you guys know, um, yours truly was on a, a cruise ship. We talked about this before. And uh, the Virgin Voyages, uh, the Valiant Lady, uh, Transatlantic from Miami to Barcelona. And um, as I mentioned before, and probably heard from the last episode, um, I interviewed several different people. And today is actually uh, probably one of the um, most interesting and slightly intimidating interviews I have done thus far. Uh, because the person that I interviewed um, is a podcaster. Um, so they do what we're doing, but they've been doing it for years. Right? I'm definitely, you know what? I haven't even listened to it yet, but I'm putting this in the top eight of all of the interviews you did while you were <laughs> Def- Definitely and definitely within the top eight of the uh, eight. Wait, I'm only counting seven. Yeah. Well, top well, eight for sure. Te- Technically, I did eight interviews. Oh, were two of them in one we, audio we, file? We can, yeah, two of them are combined. We can, we combined uh, the best friends in the last episode. Um, yeah. That, or the last interview episode. Um, but uh, Ignore my bullshit, people. Just listen to the interview. <laughs> this is... Um, the, the interview you're going to have here now is from... Uh, it's uh, Genevieve Hassan. I hope I'm saying her last name correct. Uh, Genevieve Hassan, and her, her her podcast is Celebrity Catch Up: Life After That Thing I Did, uh, which is as described on their on on her Spotify um, profile as an unashamedly nostalgic celebrity interview podcast, where entertainment journalist Genevieve reminisces about with the stars of much loved TV movies, and music of the 1980s to 2000s and discovers how their lives unfolded after that thing they did. And I've listened to a few episodes and it's really interesting to hear, you know, people that are celebrities who did something a long time ago talk about where their life went. You know, some um, got out of the business, some stayed in the business, some have left the business and now having a resurgence. Um, and she talked to some really big names because she was been uh, was was an entertainment journalist for years with the BBC, and so um, definitely the person that we've interviewed that has uh, been connected to with the most uh, celebrities that um, we are now you know one degree of separate two degrees of separation from now, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, she also has the distinction of being the last professional interview of Jerry Springer. 
Oh. Yeah, we get into that as well. Um, so it's a really great interview. Uh, we sat down and talked, and it's like, you know, my early interviews were kind of early and quick, but this one kind of went on for a while because, again, you know, I could we could talk ears off about celebrities and stuff. Plus, she's from England, so her accent drives me nuts, and so it's, I can listen to that accent all day long. Uh, and you guys will hear what I mean. This episode might end up being titled Bonus Titty and Bonus Accent because <laughs> it's always yeah. nice to get a bonus accent, which, you know, you can always get by listening to that other podcast. Um, yes. Hey, buddy, nice podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Not a whole yeah. lot of bonus titty on that one, though. No, 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 no. Um, they, they keep it relatively clean. So, all right, well, here we go. All right, sit down, do I? Hello, world travelers. Welcome to Big Sexy Digital Nomad. I am your host, Big Sexy, the digital nomad, as the name implies. I am here today conducting interviews. I am currently somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, uh, traveling towards Lisbon, Portugal, um, uh, from the Bahamas. Uh, We've been at sea now... Seven days, six days, five days, I don't know, a lot, quite a bit. Um, uh, we're almost to our journey, actually six days, because we have one more sea day, which is tomorrow. And then we're in Lisbon on Tuesday. I'm recording it as of Sunday. So uh, just to give you kind of a time frame of where it is. Uh, but I am conducting interviews on board of interesting, amazing, and fabulous people that I have met on this cruise, uh, which I hope that I have enough time on this cruise to get the people recorded because this ship is filled with amazing people. But this next person that I'm uh, interviewing now is also a fellow podcaster, um, uh, which brings me heart because that means, yay, there are other podcasters in the world and they're willing to talk to a fellow podcaster. Um, but we're going to talk about traveling, the world travels. She's amazing and phenomenal. Actually, she met my wife first um, because the wife came back to the room and said, I met this amazing family. Uh, uh, entertainment, uh, correct, give me, I'm sure I get this right. She was an entertainment journalist is that right? Salam. Salam. Well, is an entertainer, entertainment journalist. And my wife, like, you got to meet her. She has a podcast. It'd be great. You got to get her on the podcast. So here we are on the podcast. Um, she has a podcast called Celebrity Catch Up. Uh, you can get it on. That's right. Celebrity Catch Up Life After That Thing I Did. Life After That Thing I Did, which is such a great tag. I love that so much. Um, uh, And uh, you can catch it on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, put your hands together. Give it up for Genevieve. (laughs) Hello, Genevieve. Welcome to Big Sexy (laughs) Digital Nomad. Hello, thank you for having me. I even wore my podcast to talk today. Look at you. I need to get me one of those. I keep saying I need to get a shirt. We just, I just, as we're talking prior to recording, I, we have a uh, merch store, which I do need to mention. I haven't really mentioned on the podcast yet, uh, which is called Where is Big Sexy? Um, as opposed to W-H-E-R-E, which will be an upcoming segment. Uh, get ready for that. But it's Where as in W-E-A-R is Big Sexy. So look for our merch there. But in the meantime, Hello. Hello. Welcome to Big Sexy Digital Nomad. Thanks for having so me. So tell my listeners all about you, where you're from, what you do, all that good stuff. 
so I am British. Don't hold that against me. Um, and uh, yeah, I am. That, that's a blessing, not a not a, <laughs> not, a, not, a not a curse. I am an entertainment journalist. I've been doing this for twenty years now. Uh, I used to be one of the editors on the BBC News website as the arts and entertainment editor, and then I uh, was there for fifteen years. Gave that up, and then I started my own podcast um as i kind of thought i've been doing this for a career for a long enough time i can do this by myself uh, in a way that i want to do it without anyone telling me what to do right so uh so yeah so i thought you know i've been interviewing celebrities for over a decade of my life i'll just continue doing it so uh, so yeah that's what i did so i speak to much love styles of tv film and music of the 80s 90s and noughties where we reminisce about the thing that usually made them famous and then we talk about how their life unfolded after so that could be that they may not be in the business anymore they may have started doing something that's there's a lot of nostalgia around and then they decided to they don't want to act anymore they don't want to sing anymore or life took a different direction uh or maybe their career went stratospheric after they did that thing and their career went to greater heights or maybe sometimes they are in the middle somewhere where they're still kind of plugging away still doing it but they're not necessarily in like the big blockbuster films or they're not in the charts anymore because usually bands that are in the 80s they kind of have a limited shelf life right so music record companies aren't interested anymore because they think they're not going to make money but they are musicians and they still make music it's just that right. they're not necessarily in the charts so I speak to kind of that whole range of people and we have like a good old walk down memory lane and then it's just trying to trying to show show a spotlight uh, that these people are more than just one thing right they are human they're more they, than just their hit they right. have lives too they experience ups and downs in their lives experience grief tragedy happiness sadness just like the rest of us and i hope that by the end of the episode people think oh i didn't know that about that person didn't you can't find stuff out on wikipedia right um and you know and i kind of like and respect this person a little bit more now let me ask uh, as as we were talking the other day and you mentioned that that's you know as i was going through and like, oh that's what it is i saw a documentary called uh i think it was the the guy from that thing the one guy from that thing i think that's what it was and it followed uh three actors that were in there were b-list actors right mm-hmm. there 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 you recognize that guy from that th- oh you're that guy from that thing right um and it followed them as they are you know it was like the guy who played the president in the x-men movie mm-hmm. right he wasn't an x-men but he was a president um, and you've seen, and then they run through the other films he has. He's still struggling. He's like, yeah, that was a great, it was a great payday, but that is those kind of jobs are few and far between, you know. And we think of you know performers of these big blockbusters. Oh, everybody's making all the money. You're in all these movies. It must be great. Not everybody's Samuel L. Jackson. Not everybody is Tom Hanks, right? Um, but everybody, like when I watch a movie, I'm an actor and entertainer. So when I'm watching a movie, I think everybody, everybody that I'm seeing right now is an actor. Every single person. And every one of those persons has a headshot, resume, probably a reel. They auditioned. They auditioned. They got cast. They told all their friends and family. They're excited about their moment in the spotlight. And this may be a person who is like soldier number six. You know what I mean? Who has this big action sequence and they just kill. Okay, you see me here? Oh, I die there. And I come back later and I die there. And that person has an entire career, entire family, the thoughts of 
you know, making it big or they're happy where they're at. Um, and the same applies to musicians, right? Like, um, you think of like, you know, listen to think of your favorite one hit wonder. Think of somebody, especially in the eighties. Jesus, the eighties was full of one hit wonders. You know, and the nineties. And yeah. the nineties. So like right? Some of the people I've had on my show will be like, right? Said Fred, I'm too sexy. Right. 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 Na- name. I dare you. Name me another right said Fred song. Bumped, name me one other bumped. you probably could I know I'm a you can. journalist I know this right ones, but yeah. right but like I couldn't <laughs> talk just kiss right see I have no idea I heard I'm too sexy for him and then of course that's kind of some of my theme song now because hello big sexy right um how did you get started in that field so I started really young I started when I was 16 I knew that it was something that I wanted to do I mean well originally I thought I wanted to be uh, an actress okay or a singer or dancer and then I realized that I was crap at it <laughs> uh, maybe I was crap at acting I was better at the singing and the dancing and then my mum was always very much it's going to be a lot of rejection it's going to be very hard you should look at some other career instead why don't you be a journalist and I was like uh, I'm not sure if I want to be a journalist. And then it was like, oh, actually, maybe I could be a journalist. Um, that, so, that, that has been a very interesting, that's a very interesting, is your, is your mom into journalism? Is your family into journalism? No, no. That, that seems like a very random suggestion, right? Usually it's like, you know, be a nurse. Be, uh, 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 get, go to school, get a career. Well, it was because I, I, always, go to get, be a I always knew I wanted a job within the media. In the media, okay. Within the media industry. And doing a, going to university and doing a degree, I don't want it's like in the US, but in the UK we have something called media studies. Right. And that is considered to be, within the industry, a Mickey Mouse degree of it's like a degree yes you just go we, we have that in the US you it's, don't really have to study very hard you just get a degree but it's, it's communications but, or but it's arts not, and humanities it's not very legitimate within right. the field in terms of getting a job after so I thought well I'll do a journalism degree because that is more respected within the field right. I did actually did a joint honours journalism and psychology degree so I have multi skills with that um, and from that point of 16 knowing that uh, in the UK you have to decide basically when you are 16 what you want to do for the rest of your life right well you really is at 14 you have to decide what you want to do for the rest of your life in terms of what exams you take so I had to make a decision then and so I started doing a lot of work experience we call it work experience in the UK you call it internships right and so from 16 I just started doing internships every uh, summer vacation Christmas Easter midterms every time there was a break from school that was what I would do I right. would write to magazines TV companies everything the whole time I was always just doing that so by the time I finished my degree I had all this experience under my belt nice. that I got actually got offered a job before I took my final exams at university because I didn't want to be that person that was applying at the same time as everybody else for jobs right I applied in February before my Smart. exams in June yes. so I could get a job straight away and so I got this job and they said, oh, you know, feel free to have a month off first and then come and join us. So that's what I did. And so I joined the BBC straight out of university wow. at 21. And um, I was, you know, I thought it would just be like a stepping stone. I'd be there for three to five years because my dad used to work for the BBC. Okay. He, he worked there for 37 years, but in IT. And I thought, I'm never going to work at the BBC forever. Right. <laughs> right. And then I was there for 15 years. <laughs> before I left. Um, so, yeah, so I basically that's how I did it. And I started um, kind of doing some on an entertainment listings website. And then I went and worked for a children's news 
um, is a children's news program. It's very well known in the UK called Newsround. It's been going since like the okay. 60s. All of our UK listeners chime in about Newsround. And uh, it's, Both of you? Um, it's quite a, a, a special skill set to be able to report the news for children aged between 8 and 14. Okay. Because at the time when I was there, like 9 11 happened. And you Holy have to shit. explain these things to 8 to 14 year olds. And that you have to explain that sometimes the news is scary but right. it doesn't have to scare you and kind of explaining those things and sometimes there'd be famous people who kids um, would watch there was like kids TV programs where there was one of the presenters who took his own life and oh. so they see that in the news and they're one of their favourite presenters and you have to explain that to people and actually explaining the news for 8 to 14 year olds is actually a really specific skill set which makes it a lot easier to talk to people and explain things to people because you have to break down really complex subjects into really simple language for people to explain so from kids news i then went to grown-up news okay (laughs) and uh yeah i then became became started doing full-time entertainment journalism uh on the entertainment and arts desk from like 2007 wow now do you remember your first celebrity interview very first one yeah your very yeah. first one. well so i was 12 wait what yeah i was on a kids tv program where you got to sit in the audience uh-huh. and celebrities would come on and the kids in the audience would get to ask questions okay do you and remember who the celebrity was yeah oh uh, is, can, we, can we know mel brooks real oh wow yeah uh I for those him. who don't know who mel brooks <laughs> is shame on you <laughs> Get educated, people. If you're listening to this podcast, you better know who Mel Brooks is. I'm not even going to tell you. Google it. I asked him where he got the idea for the baked bean scene in Blazing Saddles. See, now, Genevieve, (laughs) there are a few moments in cinematic history that delight me more (laughs) than Blazing Saddles, for one. That scene is one of the top five for me in Blazing Saddles. Mm. Next to where all the white women at? Uh, yeah, but I shoot with this hand. Uh, damn it, the sheriff is a dong. <laughs> and when Mondo knocks out the horse and telegraph from Mondo, those who know the movie know those parts. And if you don't know the movie, watch it. Blazing Saddles is a gem among movies and one of the funniest movies I'd ever seen. My wife had never seen Blazing Saddles until, uh, you, until me. You educated her. She did not understand why people found it so funny. She still doesn't understand why people found it so funny because it really is a cultural timestamp of what was funny at the time. Mm-hmm. It is really super adolescent humor. Um, oh, how can I forget? It's Ooh, it's Twoo. Oh, such a great movie. Have you seen Blazing Saddles? I have a guest in the the uh, studio, the pink room here at Virgin Voyages. I have Abby and Zuri. And have you seen Blazing Saddles? Oh, my heart is breaking. Uh, of the of the. If you were a girl, you probably wouldn't. If you're young, yeah. If you're younger, you may not have seen it unless you have parents or an older brother who would hip you, or unless you're into movies. Right, if you're in the, especially Mel Brooks movies. He was promoting Robin Hood Men in Tights at the time. <sighs> Have you seen Robin Hood Men in Tights? Have you seen Robin Hood Men in Tights? No? Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Whatever. We'll keep it moving. <sighs> but yeah, he was the very first person that I interviewed. 
Um, and then, I mean, if you bring it to, to now, now, as, as a so, professional. So now, so who's the first person you got paid to interview? Paid to interview. Mm, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, so there was a Formula One driver. David Coulthard okay. who I interviewed when I was 16 and I did for a TV show and I kind of got paid for that Okay. Um, but that, that was just like a one-off gig and then I don't know maybe Arnold Schwarzenegger maybe um, trying to yeah or maybe it's, 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 well, it's, they kind of blur don't they yeah there's been so many I mean like if you think about it, the last person I interviewed was Rose McGowan right she's like the latest my latest guest uh, on the podcast five finale of the podcast she was the last person I interviewed, but then, and then a couple of episodes ago, um, I actually was the last person to interview Jerry Springer before he died. Right. Week. Yeah, I saw the, I saw the, on the, the, um, I checked, of course I checked out the, the, the podcast. <laughs> where I was, gotta add it, gotta follow, gotta see, see oh, well, yeah, there's Jerry Springer. Yeah. No, may he rest in peace. And it's, it's, uh, I mean, he was such a lovely man, and it's a weird honor in quote marks to have that you were the last person to to officially speak with him yeah um but i think i mean on a professional level right because i'm definitely sure you weren't the last person to talk to him no it wasn't that was, that would be different you probably have some questions for the police if that yeah, was the case no, but i was the last interview broadcast right with him um before he died and and it's um like the the sign off of the episode it's, it's sad to listen to yeah, heartbreaking in retrospect we listen to it now because I said um, you know it's been lovely speaking with you today enjoy your semi-retirement because he just quit TV last year right. to retire and I said enjoy your retirement and he said I certainly will and he said I hope to come back and speak to you again sometime and then he said um, and remember be kind to yourself and and one another you know his catchphrase his catch, catch, catch right, right. and as I'm I'm glad that as his last interview that was broadcast those were his the final, final words final words right yeah that's that's amazing well you never know I mean some people believe in the spirit world so you might interview him again who knows maybe um, but excellent now uh, uh, as folks know this is a travel podcast sort mm -hmm. of i mean i'm traveling and that's how this podcast kind of got started uh whereabouts have you traveled like what's the uh how many that's not that's not a basic question how many different countries have you been to do you know oh man i don't know i've lost count a lot that's that's a, those are great that's a great I've answer my favorite for, answer is i've lost count for uh for kind of like a, a reference point this is my 37th cruise wow so there have been a lot of countries and we collect a magnet from everywhere we go and put it on our fridge excellent and I gave you a magnet and yay we go yeah, we go, oh that's going to go on the fridge and um, our, our fridge is completely covered love it our plan was to originally buy like a, a really big magnetic map of the world to stick right. on the wall and then put the magnets on it but it's, we can't that's, actually find that's, one. That's, that's hard to find. Yeah, that's really hard to find. Uh, <laughs> you'd have to get it custom made, and that's a lot of yeah. money. And then you have to have a huge wall space to put it on. And then, God forbid, you move. It's unwieldy to load it into the moving truck. Yeah. Somebody actually suggested that you can just get magnetic paint and paint it on the wall and then just stick a map, a normal paper a regular, map, yeah. and then you could stick your magnets on it. Not a bad so idea. So maybe we won't do that. But the problem is, because we've done a lot of Caribbean islands and the islands are so small, small on the map you got the big ass magnets so big. Right. i'm not really sure how that would 
work. We might have to like blow up certain certain areas, areas and make it big, <laughs> right? Excellent. Now, where's your favorite place that you've been? Hmm. Is that and that's a, for folks who have been tra- who travel a lot. That gets that gets harder and harder to say. To, yeah. to, to nail down. It's harder, and also because I'm the sort of person that I don't have a favorite anything. Like literally, I do not have a favorite anything. Like I don't have a favorite film. No I don't food, have a favorite band. No. I don't have a favorite, well, I mean. I like marshmallows and meringue. I couldn't choose one over the other. <laughs> you know, you can, you can do, I, I don't have a favorite anything of anything. So okay. it's kind of, it's quite difficult for me to So what, where, where are some of your top experiences? So best, place? I think best places, best experiences that we've had, we did, um, we did an Alaska cruise Ooh. and that was just so stunning in terms of being a holiday that you could not do unless you were on a cruise sailing through some of the like we sailed right up to a, the Hubbard Glacier and watched like 30 stories of ice carve off the front of a glacier and crash into the sea below and the noise that it makes like thunder is amazing you just would not get that if you were on a land holiday you would need a boat right. to, to see it um, that was pretty cool we did uh, and you don't want to be like in a kayak and that happened because no. <laughs> that might be your worst vacation <laughs> And then just sailing through, like all the 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 ship breaking through ice as it's sailing through that noise of the crackle, which again you wouldn't you wouldn't get on land holiday. Right. Um, we did a Hawaii cruise, which was pretty special for our honey. We did one for our honeymoon, and we sailed around the Big Island. And at the time, now, did the, you fly to Hawaii? No. And then so do the cruise, or we, did you cruise from like San Pedro? We cruised from LA. Okay. Or San Francisco, I can't remember, we've done done it twice. And um, at the time, the volcano on the Big Island was active, and it was erupting. And the captain said to us, we're going to be sailing around at about 2, 3 in the morning, go out on deck and have a look. We went out, and you could just see, it's pitch black, you see red lava running down the side of the volcano, going into the sea, steam coming out of it, which, you know, you would not see this on a, a land holiday. No, that was pretty special. So, uh, so you don't have favorites. So, uh, I can you, tell you something that wasn't so pleasant. Yeah, so that was going to be did, one of my follow-up questions. Let's, we, let's get into it we now. We did a Panama Canal cruise in October, November last year, and we okay. stopped in Colombia, and I got attacked by a parrot. Wait, oh, you said a parrot? Yes. At first, I thought you said a pirate. <laughs> which is a whole. There are pirates all over the place. Yeah, so no, a parrot. but a parrot who was not with a pirate because <laughs> <laughs> it could have been it could have been a pirate's parrot. Oh, you don't know. You could have flown back and found a found a pirate somewhere. Now, where were you? Were you on? It didn't attack on the ship. You went and and docked in Colombia. Yeah, got at off the port. The, there's an eco park, right? And they have lots of. They had these aviaries and they had loads of parrots in them. And there were lots of parrots, like big macaws that are just free walking around, roaming. And we saw them all and people were feeding them by hand. They were sitting on people's arms, sitting on people's shoulders. They looked friendly, friendly, friendly. Apparently, I met the most grumpy parrot that was in the eco park, walked into an aviary. I saw a bowl of papaya and I thought, oh, clearly this is what the birds in here eat. There was a duck on the side. I walked over to give it to the duck. This parrot comes out of nowhere. See this? Mark, folks, I'm looking at her foot at the this top mark of her. Here, this is the residual mark of what I had. Just it went at me. Its beak just gouged at my foot. There is a scar about 14 inches long 
it is blood red and there are stitches and I'm kidding it's a little small mark you can, you can tell it's a, it's a, it's a big mark it's, it's a big a, yeah. mark it's the only one that stayed there was like gouge claws and scratches all, it was oh. just all beak and I just stood there and took it because I because you're I, British I cat's it and I know that when cats come to attack you with claws, just don't move because it creates more tear damage Correct. if you move. So I stood there and took it. My husband was like, I would have just kicked it. I'm pretty sure I would have got in trouble. Right. So I stood there and took it. I think it was after like the spangly jewels that were on my sandals. Right. I stood there and took it. It's like gouging my feet out. I come walking out. My feet are all bloody and bleeding. Oh, this ew. woman appeared out of nowhere with a first aid kit. Didn't speak any English. Clean, cleaned me up. That like, means you were not the first person that <laughs> exactly. happened to. <laughs> Later, we saw a sign that said, enter here at your own risk. Like, right. We didn't see this before. No, no, you're the first person, and you are enough people that the emergency response comes out of nowhere. Yes. But, so this was two days before the cruise ended. We flew home. I went straight to accident emergency in the UK, it's like your, your ER, mm-hmm. and I needed a tetanus shot right. and an x-ray, and they <laughs> determined I had ligament damage. Oh, no. So, yeah, that was not fun. No, I no. I don't recommend going to Columbia if you don't want to get to I want. I wonder if uh, behind the scenes there was somebody going, 13, 13, 13. And then you walk out and get attacked. 14, 14. <laughs> There's I a imagine. sign that's on the door that says they like, turn over the numbers like how many days since you <laughs> right, exactly. it's, like, it's always zero. zero. It's always zero. <laughs> what? <laughs> Never mind. Gus got somebody again. <laughs> Awesome. Well, that's that is uh, we're going. Well, we're going to Central America. We're not, I don't think Colombia is on the list, mm-hmm. but it could be because again, we're a digital nomad, so we're going to go to Panama and Costa Rica, and and we love cruises, so it is highly possible we might find a cruise that, that stops in Colombia. I'll be on the lookout for. I got thick ass shoes. I should be alright, and I don't really wear blingy blingy uh, stuff. Although well, the wife after, is a rainbow, so after it attacked me. It then start, went on to attack other people, but it, the guy that it went for was wearing trainers, but the parrot actually pulled off the front of this part of Jesus. the shoe. And that's why they did x-rays on me, because they said the parrot's beak is so strong because they have to break through nuts. Right. They've been known to actually Sever, cut, cut break, through bone. Right. Ooh. So that's why they wanted to do the x-rays. They wanted to check that I didn't have any chipped bones anywhere. Oh. Thankfully not. Just the ligament damage. Just the ligament damage. It's just <laughs> ligament damage. No, no biggie. I mean, you'll walk eventually again. Hopefully, you have a little weird gait, but you know, it'll be cute. Uh, Everyone kept joking that because the thing is, I had to take, um, as well as the tetanus shot, I had to have two different sets of antibiotics right. to prevent me developing parrot fever, which right. is a real thing. It's a real thing. I didn't think it was a real thing. And then everyone started joking to me, like, oh, are you okay? Well, well, you know, tomorrow morning, if you wake up saying, like, who's a pretty boy then? Yeah. Suddenly you get a craving for crackers. <laughs> yeah. uh, you might need to call somebody. <laughs> Excellent. Well, now, how did you start cruising? Do you remember your first cruise? Yeah, so first cruise, I was 14 with my parents. You did a lot in your teenage years. I'm well, really, I only did yeah, two, wonderful parents. I only did two cruises. Once when I was 14, one when I was 16, and then I didn't, that was two, 94, 96, and then I didn't do any more again until my husband in 2006, 2007, and he thought that cruising was for old people. It was the the perception of cruising in the uk is that it's something for old people we call it the um the blue rinse brigade old ladies that buy the <laughs> yes um, the and, blue rinse brigade and it's uh <laughs> episode title <laughs> 
And um, he was like, oh, I'm not going to do it. And so I managed to convince him we were doing a West Coast US... No, sorry, we were doing a Florida tour and you could add on three nights Bahamas cruise at Miami. And I said, why don't we just try this three nights? Right. See if you like it. It's only three nights, no big committal. And he's like, oh, okay, fine. It was with Royal Caribbean on Majesty of the Seas. Okay. I'm, uh, I don't know if I've been on Majesty of the Seas, I've done a Royal Caribbean. He was sold on the food. Yeah. Immediately, he was like, food, I'm in. Yeah. Um, and so then, it, since 2007, so what, that's like 50, 15, 16 years, years ago. We've done 35 cruises. That's insane. That's, that's lovely. That's beautiful. I'm, I, I'm trying to get where you are. Uh, this is okay so no my wife is trying to get where you are this is my thing I tabulated this is my I think my 10th cruise okay. um, 4th with the wife and then I did about 6 others prior to her and I together Why, same place your husband was my wife was with cruises not so much there for old people just why do I want to be stuck on a boat that sounds boring and I'm all Okay, I mean, I'll let you believe that it's not. It's amazing. It's wonderful. It's life changing. I, I don't want to be on anything else but a cruise ship. She's fine. So one Christmas, she got me a cruise, a small, little four day cruise from. I, I used to live in California, so we were living in Vegas, and so she got me a cruise that leaves San Pedro, goes over to Catalina, uh, then down to Ensenada, and then back up to uh, uh, San Diego and then L.A. Hooked. Moment she got on, moment she got on, she hooked. Food, entertainment. Um, I quickly become cruise ship famous. Uh, it helps that my name is Big Sexy. It helps that I'm an entertainer and I have a very big personality. So suddenly there is extra attention being paid. Um, plus the fact that, you know, the uh, this was Carnival and at the time Carnival did the cute little towel animals on your um, bed. So the first night we came back, she saw that. She's all, oh, what is this? I'm like, that's what they do. Simple it's pleasures. Simple pleasures. It's a little thing in life. So she is hooked. So like for our honeymoon, we did the uh, 14-day out of Rome to um, out of Sevatica through the Italian, Italy, and Greece uh, for our honeymoon. And again, she booked it. She loved it. She, planned. she booked this, right? You know, uh, she, uh, she decided we could leave out of the country. She goes, I'm going to book us a cruise. And we're going to do the 15-day transatlantic. Uh, there are people on this boat who this is their first ever cruise. Mm. I'm going to fuck your bold. To go on a transatlantic. To go on a transatlantic for your first ever? That is bold. Because eight days at sea, if you're not a cruise person and you realize that by day three, you're stuck. And if you get seasick on day one or two... You're stuck. That feeling when you're throwing up in a toilet bowl and your head's in the bowl and you're thinking, oh my God, I've got 14 more days of this. It's right. like the worst feeling. And you world. can't That's even like disembark early. <laughs> well, you can't even disembark early. Like, like your, your earliest you can disembark is nine days later. Mm. You're stuck. So props to them. But so far, everyone I've talked to that it has this has been that, they're having a great time. They're having a grand time. And uh, How many virgin voyages have you done? This is my third. Third. And this is your first... uh, All Valiant Lady, Valiant and Scarlet. Second on Valiant. First one was on Scarlet. No, this is your first transatlantic? No, this is like my 10th, 12th transatlantic. Okay, yeah. Well, you've done so many cruises, yeah, yeah, I can imagine. They're the best value cruises. Agreed. That you can do. Yeah. Longest time, greatest food, 
cheapest prices for per person for how many days you get absolutely and only it's kind of been more recent now but like you know, 10 years ago when you did a transatlantic it was proper digital detox there was no internet right 2008 2009 you did a transatlantic there was you're, no you're gone there you're, was you're no just, internet yeah. you couldn't do it or you could but it was a ridiculous amount of money right. and it was very very slow yeah so, so we used to enjoy this digital detox you literally go away you, you know nothing about anything your only connection with the world would be that like one a4 sheet of paper that would be your daily newspaper right what was going on back home and you wouldn't know anything else. You and then as time kind of went on, you were relying on when you stopped in a port for to go to an internet cafe or somewhere where right. you could get Wi-Fi to connect for your really snow connection. Right now, it's kind of like you know now now, now this ship has you know, internet Wi-Fi, stuff, but, inexpensive. But if you want to get away and get away from everything and have a proper break and yeah. digital detox, a transatlantic cruise is is great because you you can obviously say I'm not paying the extra money for anything other than basic Wi-Fi and basic Wi-Fi on a transatlantic sucks so I'm just going to not connect for a while I might see I'll hit you up when we get to whatever country we decide to land in mm. awesome well Genevieve thank you so much for being on the podcast thank it's been you a pleasure this is not nearly long enough uh, we I want to do this again at some point in time and, and chat because I'm sure you've got tons of stories and travel hacks. Like w- w- really quick before we end it, uh, any travel hacks you learned in doing so many cruises? Like how do you, have you figured out the like, fastest way? What's the what 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 different types of uh, things have you come across uh, to help you out? Oh man, this is the thing where like I kind of do so many things and I assume other people know it but they don't, so I don't know whether it's a hack or not. What was them? There was something that I did on the plane, on uh, not this holiday, on the last holiday, flying with Virgin Atlantic. Uh, when you're in uh, economy or premium economy, they bring you your food on the tray, and they've got the food is covered on this like little plastic dome cover right. that you would take the dome off, and your plate is underneath. And normally you're like, what do I do with this? dome because it's like a round ball you know you turn upside down it's kind of rolling all over the place and right. it's like what is this and i just basically figured that if you turned it upside down and put the plate on it and then squashed it down it was like the it raised your plate to the perfect height it was like a plate interesting stool. i was like oh my god my husband looked at me and he was like you just you just that was a great hack that you just did like i know um i, I don't know it's kind of weird now uh okay so well this is not a hack but okay. my one recommendation for what you should do when you're traveling uh, flying at least always book yourself into a lounge book yourself into a lounge into an airport lounge always book yourself into a lounge it gives you a much nicer comfortable experience you're not kind of it's, you're away from the big so if this is a very British, British word the hubbub well, that's the, not British <laughs> I say hubbub all the time what's the hubbub bub? or the hubbub awesome. of the uh, the main know, airport um, you just kind of you know you get some food and drink and if you had to pay for food and drink in the airport it's expensive anyway it is indeed so you might as well just pay the money to be in the lounge you get your own seat it's usually a sofa it's comfortable you can plug your stuff in get food and drink as much as you want and you just kind of relax and chill out until it's time to go to your flight and my other top tip is if you can afford it stay and you've got an early flight just stay in an airport hotel the night before right yeah, that one I like. I, I do, I'm not going to lie. I miss 
living in Vegas because the um, there's casinos close-ish to the airport, like within a three-minute Uber or whatever. Um, And we used to live close to the airport, but you don't want to park there. Um, So we would go park at the casino because one of the casinos had free parking. We'd park at the casino. We'd go in the casino. We'd relax. If we're going to do overnight, we'd get a room because the rooms, the ones we'd book at were inexpensive. We'd stay the night, and then we'd get up and ready to go. Uber, airport, and our car is still parked at the casino because they're used to cars being parked there for days. <laughs> so it's like we don't, we're not paying for airport parking. We're not, you know, we don't have the, an Uber from where we live. It would still be a little bit more expensive. So we're saving money on the. It was a great, great hack for living in Vegas. I, I'll try to tell people, if you're coming into Vegas, leave your car at the Tropicana. Oh, it's Tropicana? Don't start paying for parking now. Um, leave your car at the Tropicana, Uber to the airport. So, yeah. I, I, and I never knew about the booking in the lounge. I never, I never, I'm also, I'm, I'm, I'm a broke traveler. I never forgot how to do that, but it, it, I'm going to have to start looking into that, especially now that we're traveling so well, much. Well, there are cheap ways that you can stay in lounges. There are, um, there are websites like, uh, we use one in the, in the UK, it's called Dragon Pass. And so you, you, they, there are various things where you can pay like for membership for one year and then you can stay as many times as you want in the lounges or you oh, wow. can do pay per visit in the lounges. And especially in the UK, you can get it as a benefit for when you subscribe to certain like newspapers as like the benefits you get on the side you get a free dragon pass subscription so you get free lounges or cheaper lounges so we stayed in in the lounge actually not this flight previous flight and it was the equivalent of i think it would be it's 19 pounds so probably like 25 dollars okay um that's not that's not bad at all. Which yeah, for like especially if you're gonna be in there for like, you know, three, four hours in right. a lounge and you got unlimited drink and food and somewhere comfy to sit and you know, you can Done. sleep in there, do it. Absolutely. Well now, Genevieve, that was wonderful. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh where can the listeners find you? Yeah, so Celebrity Catch Up Life After That Thing I Did. You can find it wherever you listen to your podcast, unless that's YouTube because I'm not there. Still don't believe it's a podcasting platform. It's not um, really. But Apple Podcasts, Spotify Google podcast if anyone's listening to that still right. and all the other ones and also um, I'm on all Virgin Atlantic airplanes on their onboard in-flight entertainment so That's if awesome. you are flying with Virgin check me out there so and we'll definitely put all the handles and everything in the description thank you again for being a guest on Big Sexy Digital Nomad appreciate it Have a, can't wait to see you around, around on the ship and have some fun and we're going to have to find some time to to sit and chat. I need to really sit and chat talking about podcasts. You know, I told you this is an early podcast. We're young on the stage and I need to get some tips and tricks on how to make this thing blow up. So help help us blow up, y'all. Tell your friends. All right, Bob. I love y'all. Thank you guys for listening. I'll talk to you soon. You're going to hear some stuff after this and all the stuff and tell judgments as I said hi. All right, y'all. Bye. Thank you. All right. That was Genevieve Hassan. Once again, her podcast is celebrity catch up life after that thing I did. Uh, you can find it on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. I think you can even go like to celebritycatchup.com. I think is her website. Um, it's pretty amazing. And you've got to subscribe because one of these days she's going to have big sexy on there talking about that time that he was 
a karaoke black belt in Las Vegas before he decided to be a digital nomad. Absolutely. When I talk about, you know, the life after that thing I did, when I talk about the fact that I was an alibi, when I talk about, you know, when I was in Evil Dead, the musical, when I, when I reached, um, you know, worldwide acclaim as a wonderful podcaster on Big Sexy Digital Nomad, and then, you know, uh, interviews, and then we take a hiatus, and then she interviewed me during that hiatus. So, you know, soon. Um, no, we're, we're not having a hiatus soon. I'm joking. We'll be here for a while. That's right. That's right. But yeah, tell yeah. a friend so that we can continue to stick around for a while. Um, Absolutely. Be sure to send in all the things, you know, all the things that we got going on. Don't hesitate to hit us up with those. Uh, send us some uh, digital postcards, audio Aren't postcards. Those wrong answers only so that we can play that new music we got teed up for you. We're waiting for you. Yeah. Any parody uh, song ideas, don't ha- don't hesitate to hit me up. Um Next episode, next time we talk, I got some information about uh, the musical I'm working on. Oh, sweet. Uh, um, uh, Reservate This, the call center musical. I'll tee that up for a little bit, a little teaser for y'all. And uh, yeah, thanks again for listening. Check us out on, you know, the social medias, Big Sexy Nomad, on other things. That's right. That's right. Safe Safe travels. travels.